Hey, real quick, let's take a quick break to thank our sponsor, Vertex Innovations, for making this episode possible. For over 17 years now, Vertex has been building the nation's wireless and broadband networks. They provide project management, network engineering, and construction oversight, just to name a few things, for their clients. So if you're looking for a partner to help you with your wireless network, whether it be design, construction, implementation, or operations, reach out to Vertex. You can find them at vertex-us.com. That's V-E-R-T-E-X-U-S.com. Welcome to the 5G Guys Podcast, the premier resource for industry insiders and newcomers alike to explore anything and everything wireless telecommunication. We discuss, explain, and explore all things wireless technology. So let's dive right in. Welcome your host, Dan McVaugh and Wayne Smith. Welcome back for another episode of the 5G Guys. I'm Wayne Smith, and I'm joined by my co-host, Dan McVaugh. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. Thanks again for listening. Great to have everyone back. Hey, uh, today we're going to talk about wireless charging. The future is going to be here sooner than we think. Imagine someday never having to plug in your phone or other devices to charge them. That inevitable future is coming, and we're going to talk about it today with our guest, Sharif Chabain. Uh, Sharif has been a researching has been researching and developing communication systems for over 30 years now. He was involved in development of 3G, 4G, Wi-Fi, and other commercial applications, as well as other systems for the military. He was a research scientist at MIT Laboratory and Draper Laboratory, where he led research in advanced space communications, as well as aerospace and guidance and navigation. He's a lecturer, research scientist, technologist, and entrepreneur with broad and deep experience in advanced technology development for entities including NASA, DARPA, DARPA, and other major government laboratories. Uh, He's also a a former adjunct professor at Farley Dickinson University in New Jersey, um, where he lectured on advanced engineering topics. And he also mentored and advised his students on their undergraduate and graduate level work. Uh, Today, Sharif serves as the chief technology officer for Wiggle, that's pronounced Wiggle, like you wiggle in your chair, but it's spelled W-I-G-L, and we'll talk about what that is. But Wiggle is the leading uh, is leading the industry in in the charge to make wireless charging a reality. So, Sharif, thanks for joining us. We're excited to talk about Wiggle and what the future holds for wireless charging. Thank you for having me. So, I guess before we dive into the future, let's talk a little bit about the history of transmitting energy without wires. Um, as I understand it, that whole concept started with uh, Nikolai, Nikolai Tesla way back in the mid-1800s. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. So he was uh, actually a funny story uh, near the town I grew up in. There was a town called Manitou Springs, Colorado, where he actually had a laboratory where he was running experiments to do just that. And the town fathers got so upset and concerned with all of the crazy stuff going on that they actually kicked him out of out of town and he had to move somewhere else. So I actually learned about Tesla very early in my career and uh, my my strive to become an electrical engineer. But but the reality is, is those early experiments and things he were he was doing is, has really led us to where we're at today. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, that is, he was the first one who tried this concept long, long time ago. And uh, and just kind of, if I just mention something very, very quick. Uh, this, I mean, he used this physics concept, which is when you take a current, you put it through a coil, you induce magnetic field. And then if you take a coil and put it in magnetic field, you create current. 
See, this is duality that exists between current and, you know, from one end to the other end. So he used the same concept, trying to send power from one point to another point. Yes, he is mm-hmm. really the uh, the pioneer and uh, the one that thought about this concept originally. And so that that's really the concept of induction, right? Exactly, yeah. Right, okay. So if we take that to where we're at today, I think some of us are familiar with, there's some really rudimentary wireless charging capabilities today, right? Like you can you can buy a charger where you don't have to plug your phone in, you just set your phone on top of the charger. So exactly. is that is that using inductive charging? Is that what's yeah, going on? Yeah, that's right. That is exactly. So if you look at all the power devices, anything that you plug in the wall, there is transformer in there. There is the primary coil and the secondary coil. So what we do is in the primary coil, the power, the primary coil, the power comes from the wall, goes through the coil, and then the secondary coil uh, sees induced uh, induced uh, electro induced field, and then from it it generates the the current, which gets processed to make you the DC. So that is right now in the transformer. What you see these days is basically they took the two coils, the primary, the secondary, the primary they put it on the base, the one with, the, and the secondary they put it on the phone. But it's the same concept. Got it. So what what you guys are doing at Wiggle. I guess first, before you tell us what you're doing at Wiggle, tell us what Wiggle stands for, W-I-G-L. Yeah, Wiggle starts for wireless grid. Grid. So basically what we're trying to do, we're trying to make, we're trying to pro, uh, allow you to use, to treat power as you turn Wi-Fi now. Wi-Fi, you use it to get data. Mm-hmm. We want to do the same thing where you get power anywhere you want and at any time. So that's Wiggle. Oh, okay. So it's a play on Wi-Fi, but you replace exactly. FI with GL. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh, okay. That makes sense. Great. So, so maybe give us an introduction. What is what is the foundation of what's unique about Wiggle? Um, what what you envision um, for Wiggle in terms of the basics of how it'll work? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, uh, so as I just said, I said before, this concept is not new. So there are some most there, obviously there are some people working on this topic here. All the people. I should say the majority that I know of, they're working on basically what we refer to point to point, meaning because remember, as I, as I was explaining the coil, you have the primary, the secondary, the primary, you can think of it as a transmitter and the secondary, you can think of the receiver. So you have one side that transmits power and the other side receives it. So most of the people are working point to point, meaning you have one transmitter and one receiver and the receiver basically sits there. He sees the RF coming to it from the transmitter. He takes it. He converts it to DC, and then he powers. The problem that is that is the law in physics, where the the farther you go, the farther the distance between the transmitter and the receiver, the less energy you receive on the receiver side, which might not be enough. So that is really the challenge that has that Tesla's had before, and the that we're trying to solve now. So right now, the people who have transmit and the receiver that means you're fixed in terms of distance. You have to be in the same place and sit there, and you cannot move. You can move a little bit. Our concept, we came up, we solved that problem, and that's really the key of our of our technology. 
Hey, so is Wiggle a nonprofit? Are you doing research? Or- no, 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 no. We uh, we are a for profit. Okay. We um, we found it about three years ago, and it's funny how we came. How we came? Excuse me, I take a couple of minutes because this is a, it happened. I didn't I didn't expect it to happen at all, and it just happened. So so I was at MIT Lincoln Lab. I was doing research in the area of wireless communication. And we were doing more uh, work for the DOD. And there was another fellow who's the CEO, uh, Dr. Glover, and he was on the mil- he was on the, the the government side trying to see what we were doing, working with us at MIT. And um, and then my son my son moved to New York, so we had to move to New York. I left Lincoln, and I I was kind of trying to see what I can do. And I uh, so he heard I left, and he came to me. He said, Sharif, you know. I have this idea of uh, wireless charging. What do you think? And me, as a, as a wireless guy, you know, when you talk about wireless, we talk networks, we talk base stations, and, and so on and so forth. So what I did is I took the concept and I applied the cellular, the cellular concept, meaning different cells to give you a network to cover a larger area to allow you to move farther. We wrote a patent. We applied for a patent. It was accepted very fast. And since then, we we are the, the, we developed. Uh, we are at the third prototypes, and we were on start engine. You can go there on the start engine. You see us over there where we raised some funds over there. So we are a for profit. Nice. So so the big difference then from what the past and where we're at today is instead of inductive transfer of energy, we're literally using radio frequency waves the same way that Wi-Fi does. And in fact, if I understand correctly, you guys are actually doing your initial prototypes using the same spectrum as Wi-Fi, right? Absolutely, yes. Yeah, right now what we're doing is uh, we're we're using the 2.4 gigahertz for our testing, although the industry is looking, trying to see what other frequencies. So we're using the 2.4 frequencies. We... We had two options. We can use the 2.4 or we can use the 900 megahertz frequencies. And these two frequencies are are free to use. So the reason we opted for the, uh, and it's funny because at 900 megahertz, the propagate, what we refer to in our field, the propagation losses, meaning the loss of energy is, is less than at higher frequencies. That's why if you've noticed with AM, you can hear it farther than FM. Because the FM frequency is high, so uh, so what we did, and also and, the, and in our case, if you're targeting handheld devices, it her, it turns out that lower frequencies, the size of the antenna is bigger. So we opted of using 2.4 gigahertz to allow us to use the receive antenna to be smaller. So this way, it would be very easy to be incorporated into handheld devices. But we can our technology is really we call it we call it as. A, Frequency agnostic, we really don't care where we can transmit, but the current demonstration and the current prototypes we're building are at 2.4 gigahertz. So basically, if I understand correctly, in the future with this technology, there would be charging access points spread throughout a building, like say a shopping mall, the same way Wi-Fi access points exist today. And as I'm walking through the mall with my phone, as I walk Pass an access point, it would associate with it. And instead of getting data service from it, like we do with Wi-Fi, it would get charging service from it using the same RF energy. 
Is that that's effectively? And then as I walk, it would just hand off and continue to get charged by other access points. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Then you had it right. Uh, that's the same concept of the cellular network. Remember, initially when I wrote the patent, uh-huh. cellular network is the same thing, right? We have you have trans, uh, base stations at different areas, and then as you're walking, if the next base station, you make connection to it, and as you're moving, you go to the next one, and we say what we call roaming or handoff. The same concept, we use it over here. So you can, what we envision, we envision you have transmitters distributed in different areas, could be the malls, could be airports, could be um, could be anywhere, and then your device, on the device side, you'll have a receiver, and that receiver there is looking, and whenever he sees a transmitter then nearby, he can he can make a connection to it without even you knowing about it. And then he starts receiving power and charging the uh, charging the battery. And again, the same concept as Wi-Fi. I, I mean, for all of us who remember the old days when we needed to access the internet, we have to bring a wire and go somewhere where the internet is and plug it in and listen, right? So that's the same. Now we just use Wi-Fi. We don't even think about where it is. So this is the same concept we're trying to do right now. So we're using our our transmitters now, but in the future, when technology improves, we believe that we can piggyback receiving the energy from Wi-Fi, from 5G base station, or from anything that transmits RF in the air. Oh, wow. So what you're saying is that in the existing, in the future, you'll be able to have one antenna or access point and transmit alongside of Wi-Fi broadband and it'll just happen simultaneously. So you'll get data and power from the same antenna configurations. Absolutely, yes. That wow. that is kind of the that, yeah. That's it. now uh, also another thing that uh, and uh, by the way, and this has a huge huge uh, benefit to us, to users, to humanity, to everything. It's because. I mean, uh, and and this is I didn't know about this until until we uh, until we were doing testing and I discovered it. It turned out the the iPhone, for instance, if you were to charge it, it requires a lot of current in there. And the reason they do that is because they want you to charge once and then not hopefully not charge again in two days. They don't want you to keep charging every two hours, right? So they put in a bigger battery and and all the costs that associate with it, they need to change it. So that's uh, now the the if you have our te- technology like ours, our technology available over there, you can think of the ether around you as the battery. So you no longer need to charge. Maybe you need a very tiny one to charge to keep a little bit charge in there. And then since the RF that allows you to power your devices is all over the place, so you really do not need the super-duper battery, which has uh, many benefits, as I said. First of all, you can make the device cheaper. You can, uh, and, and, and also another thing, and, and, and you guys are very familiar with the 5G. When we talk 5G, we talk about Internet of Things. We talk about handheld devices. Uh, we talk about sensors for to be embedded in future infrastructure, bridges and everything. All these devices, they need batteries. Now, the Internet of Things alone, they're talking about maybe 20 billion or 30 billion in the next five years or something. Handheld devices. So all these batteries that we have to deal with in the future, a technology like this will certainly help in using fewer of them. 
Wow. So when you say that, it also doesn't this translate to maybe health related uh, devices that need to be. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. The Internet of Things. One of the biggest driver is the sensors that monitor the health. And yeah, that is I mean, in the future, in the future. Uh, what I envision is you can go and put sensor in that, embed it in that, to do something, monitor something, and send the, the information back to the doctor. And you don't need to go change the battery or anything. If you want to charge, you connect to the RF and it charges itself. Yes, that is one of the application, potential application for this solution. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. I mean, the the demand for rare earth metals that are required to make batteries is yep. a huge issue, right? There's Absolutely. a very limited sources of rare earth, earth metals. They're very toxic and expensive to mine. Um, and I've wondered, you know, as we continue to have more and more electronics requiring batteries, there's got to be a break point. And so I could see this to your point, if we need smaller batteries in every device, that'll allow us to have a lot more to go around. So that Absolutely. never thought of that. That's a really yeah. good point. Yeah, that is one of the the things that uh, this technology uh, brings. And also, in in addition, what it does is, I mean, the reason we're talking about this is because of the explosion of communications, right? Because if we didn't have communication, if we didn't have all these handheld devices, all these sensors, we were not talking about this. But the communication, and and you guys uh, are in this field, and what did the communicate the wireless communication brought to us is it allowed us to have communication anytime and anywhere mm-hmm. right yeah. before before the wireless it was only any time before everything else is if you needed to talk to somebody you have to get on your horse go over there meet him wherever he is <laughs> tell him whatever you need to do he tells you come back right then we had the 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 phone wired wired phone the wired phone is you no longer you can talk to him anytime, but he has to be at a certain place, mm-hmm. right? With the wireless, you can talk to him anytime and anywhere. So that's really the what the problem is now. We still need power. Yeah, yeah. I can talk to you, and we all know when you go. To, I travel a lot, and when we go to the airport, and usually the place that has a crowd that you see too many heads, that's usually that's where they are charging their devices. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting. This technology would definitely foster more adoption of wearables. One of the things, you know, one of my gripes is, yeah, I have an Apple Watch and there's some conveniences there, but it's not a convenience. You have to charge it every day. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so I opted for another brand like Garmin. This watch lasts 48 days and it, and it charges itself somewhat yeah. through solar. And so my adoption to the technology and I think everyone's adoption will be greater, which then will improve health and other aspects when you're checking it on a more regular basis. So great. It's a great application, not only just for the wireless device, but for health and wellness in the U S and across the world. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just uh, a cost alone, because if you think about it, the handheld device, and I did some Googling, Maybe maybe the battery costs five dollars. Let's say just five dollars. I don't have any basis for it, but just assume it's five dollars, right? So, if you have uh, twenty billion un- uh, devices, 
that's that's just the battery alone, not counting the logistics and the guy changing it and all those. So it's, it's going to be huge. In addition, which I think Dan and I, we talked about the other day, is in addition, once you have the battery, you can make the electronics truly wearable. You can make them conform with the body, whatever you need to do, which is going to be... And I will argue, I will argue that you will not need to charge the electronics as often as we do today. So it is truly a game changer. There are some challenges we need to solve, but I think when this happens, it is going to change the way we live, the way we do things, the way we monitor our health, among many, many things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I mean, we're just talking about the consumer-facing benefits I can imagine that there's a lot of benefits, for example, in the defense department. Oh, you know, uh, you've got, you've got soldiers in the field that they just, they, there's nowhere for them to go plug in for all of their wearables that they're right. The, the defense department now has wearables where they can monitor every single person in the field, where they're at, what their health is. I got to imagine this is a huge mover of the needle for that kind of technology. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. The DOD or the military, one of the big, their biggest headaches is the logistics for batteries. Mm-hmm. Where do you get them? Where do you charge them? And they have too many batteries. So it is, we are actually one of the, and this is public domain, we announced uh, a demonstration that we're doing with a company called Cubic, and this is common knowledge, and they are a DOD defense contractor. And what we're doing, we're using our technology trying to build, to do a demonstration, to demonstrate, to show how good our technology is. So we signed with them, and we're in the process of doing the demo. Hopefully, we're going to announce the results. That's awesome. You know, yeah, a question that comes up, I think, is your technology, is it as small as what Wi-Fi is, or is it large? Does it take space? You know, is that some of the things to overcome? The size, the size, believe it or not, the electronic is really, really small. Oh, wow. But, yeah. Oh, yeah. The electronic is nothing. All it is, I mean, for uh, the engineers out there among your listeners, is just uh, a diode, a couple of diodes. Because because what we're doing is you have an AC a signal changing. You have a diode, you rectify it, the same concept where we used to do power supplies. The challenge here is you have to have the antenna that's large enough to have enough area to be able to receive the RF. That's really the challenge. So obviously you want to make it as big as you want, as you can to allow to have more uh, more uh, RF hitting it so this way it can capture it. But the bigger you make it, the, the might not fit into a small devices. So that's kind of really, but really the electronics itself, it's not really much. Got it. So, um... So here's a question. And, and when I was telling my wife that uh, you were going to be on and I was, I was kind of geeking out with her about <laughs> the technology because I love it. Uh, the first thing she said to me, she goes, well, gosh, that sounds dangerous. I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, well, I just because in her mind, she's like she's envisioning when she thinks about power, she thinks about like the kilovolts of, of energy going down the transmission line on that big tower behind the house or whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, she doesn't think about it like low power radio frequency communications, like, like we know it is. Yeah. So talk a little bit about that, that kind of question that people might have about the safety and the health, the health uh, issues as, as it relates to this technology, um, if you will, and, and, and how, how you guys are addressing that. 
Yeah. So that is the, the that's that's an excellent point. And everybody asks that they think that by doing this and by the time you walk through it, you fry and everything. No, that's not true. But we are using the same. Uh, actually, the demonstration we're doing now, we're using the same power level that are uh, that that are per what the FCC Part Fifteen. FCC made the rules and saying the same ones that are used in the cellular network in handheld devices. So you can tell your wife, and I tell the, my wife, I tell her the same thing. That's the same thing. So right now we're all think we're all walking in the uh, Wi-Fi area where you have RF all over us and everything. So so that's kind of what what we're doing. What we're what we're trying to do is the challenge is if you use the same band as the Wi-Fi and you have a lot of them, you might interfere with the Wi-Fi signals. That to me, that's another thing. So there is an industry body called um, uh, something Alliance. I forgot. We we just joined them, and they are working with the FCC trying to come up with what frequency to use and how much power you're allowed to send. But the power that we're using now and that everybody in this field are using are basically what is similar to the Wi-Fi and the cellular networks. Oh, okay. So, so they have not to worry about it. So basically your phone is already receiving a signal for Wi-Fi or for cellular Absolutely. or 5G. Yep. And it's just we're going to use that same level of signal for power exactly. instead of yeah. communication. So it's no different than what yeah. we're already used to today. That's right. That is our 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 intent and our goal, yes. Yeah, it seems like that a, a wireless carrier would jump all over this in order to provide extra value. Not only are we giving you high-speed connections to broadband, we're also going to power all your house and your devices. Seems like it would be a great combination for one of yeah. these guys. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And especially now with the uh, with the deployment of the 5G, because one uh, one key element of 5G, you have the, the density of the base stations a lot higher, right? So you're going to have more base stations per, per area as compared to the 4G. And yes, when you have that infrastructure deployed, you can use that to provide services as we do right now. I do believe that we, we're in the process of talking to some uh, potential people in this area that they see definitely uh, a need. And this is an extra revenue stream for them because, uh, A, they ideally they're going to reduce the cost of the devices and B, they'll be able to charge the same way they charge now for Wi-Fi. Because I, I, I tell you, I for one, I would be willing to pay something so this way I don't have to worry about finding the wire and the right one and sitting there and charging it. I can pay a dollar a month or something. But think how much, how, how much is the... Uh, and this is just the cell phones. Another thing that, and Wayne, you probably can relate to it, is uh, another area is the when we build bridges, we, we embed sensors in there to monitor their the health and the vibrations and and we go we're starting to do it in all in all infrastructures so those 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 sensors there you know when you put the bridge you put in there for 20 30 years you don't want to keep going and digging and changing so this technology will will be useful in those type of uh, uh, scenarios as well yeah it's fascinating fascinating right. so Dan, hit the last one. I mean, you know, this is a great. Well, I just want to know when. I just want to know when do you think we're going to see this actually become reality? Like, I want it today. 
And I know, yeah, it's, I know it's early, right? It's yeah, a, and it's, it's inevitable. It's going yeah, to happen. Yeah, it is. It is inevitable. I think. I think uh, by uh, you know, if I were to put my uh, you know future looking hats, probably maybe I'd say about twenty twenty five. It will be right now. You need you need the, the apples to adopt it. Mm -hmm. You need the money. You need the because it's a chicken and the egg thing, right? Mm -hmm. So, uh, as, as and they're starting to look into this technology, and I think I think uh, to, uh, from my reading is the Far East people seem to be a little bit ahead of us here. So as soon as one of those companies adopt it, then you know there's nowhere to stop in it. Got it. Got it. So you need all of the big guys, all the big manufacturers like the Sony's and the Apple's of the world to yeah. adopt it. And then, and like, like, like I said, it's inevitable that they're going to, and, the, and the hope for you guys is that it's your technology that they're going to, to hitch their wagon to. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. We, we hope. And, uh, and right now what we're doing is we're, uh, the, our technology. And again, this is public domain is, uh, we're building what we call uh, some type of sleeve, where you take your your iPhone and put it in the sleeve and it's mounted there and then, you know, and then it collects power. This way you don't have to. And the next one is we're working, we're trying to build maybe chipsets that hopefully those are the things that where we need the Apples and the uh, Samsung to take them and embed them as part of the device. So this way when, they, when you buy the device, you don't have to worry about power. You don't have to worry about anything. Everything is there. And that's what I see the... Uh, the, the progression because the manufacturing guys will not adopt it until they really see clear need. I mean, we know it's going to happen, mm -hmm. but the mm -hmm. question is who's going to push the first button. And of course we hope that our technology will be, will be one of the, the, the winners. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us and sharing yeah. your wisdom. It's been, uh, it's clear telecommunications and wireless in particular have been a big enabler of, you know, this technology. And it is amazing sitting here, Dan, with all the ideas. When we do the podcast, Dan sent it over, and I am super fascinated about just the practical application to make everyone's lives better. And getting rid of the cords. We have teens at my house, and we're continuously fighting over did you steal my cord for the phone charger? I don't know. I don't know where they disappeared to, but they definitely disappear rapidly in a house full of teens. But Dan, I'll hand it back to you. Thanks, yeah. Sharif. Yeah, Sharif. Thanks so much for joining us. This has been awesome. I look forward to staying in touch and, and uh, tell us uh, how our, our listeners can, can get in touch with Wiggle and you or you know, any, any, any websites or anything they can go to if they want to learn more. Yeah, yeah, we have uh, Wiggle. Uh, we have also, uh, for some people who really need to, to read more about our technology, we have, uh, we just published a report in Nature magazine. Yeah. That's really a good one because it talks, it's not really too technical. It has a little bit technical. It explains how technology and how the benefit is. Of course, on the website, you have Start Engine, Google uh, Wiggle, and you will see the people that uh, invested in us. So those are the, the, the three things. Of course, we are going to be announcing uh, a few things that hopefully in a couple of weeks uh, I'll, I'll send you something and it's going to announce some stuff that some really cool stuff we're doing.
Well, that's awesome. Yeah, we'll put uh, look in the show notes. We'll put links to the Wiggle website, to the, the Nature article. Maybe we'll even put a link to the press release on your your uh, stuff you guys are doing with Cubic on yep. the DoD side. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll uh, definitely keep keep track and keep our listeners updated on the progress because it's it's exciting. Absolutely. Well, awesome. Well, thanks to thanks for everyone for joining us again for another episode. Um, remember to subscribe or follow the show. Tell your friends about it. And uh, go to 5gguys.com to engage with us more. So we love hearing uh, from everybody with your ideas and feedback. So take care until next time and be well. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks, thanks for having me. Bye-bye, guys. Bye. Thanks for listening to the 5G Guys. For more resources and to connect with Dan and Wayne, check out their website at 5gguys.com. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to hit that follow button and share this episode with your friends and family. 